1: All right, we are back, and there's plenty of football to get to, but honestly, there's no bigger topic than Antonio Brown because uh I hate to brag on this one because I, I don't take any pride <laughs> in being right on this but, one. No brag. Please do. Please do. <laughs> As I said to you last week, Mike, I said there's no way Antonio Brown will finish the season with the Patriots, and you were mentioning the fact he'd signed up for the Navy Seals. Well, Apparently, the Navy Seals has had enough. His helmet's, in the, done His helmet's yeah, in the quad. His helmet's in the quad. Exactly. He got told. Uh, here was his tweet. We'll not be playing in the NFL anymore. These owners can cancel deals, do whatever they want, anytime. We will see if the NFLPA hold them accountable. Sad they can just void guarantees anytime going on $40 million two months. We'll see if they pay up. So he's a referencing, Mike, the $29.125 million guaranteed money from the Raiders and $9 million signing bonus from the Patriots. He literally plays one game for the Pats. Then he gets cut, takes a shot at Robert Kraft, also took a shot at Ben Roethlisberger
2: in a series of tweets. Yeah, it's scorched earth. I mean, they had to take him down. I wonder what's Rosenhaus doing. Like, here's the, my question. There's two things I think I, I don't understand. First of all, something happened between he practiced Wednesday, Thursday and Friday for the Patriots. So we know something triggered this. Now there was a report on ESPN that said it was the, the the leaking of the the text messages again the threatening of that. So that's what that's what really pissed off the Patriots. Understandable, understandable. And he was on a one let's face it. He was on a one, you know, he had no chances. He was if you made one mistake, he was gone. So we knew that, right? Because he kind of sprung this whole Uh, sexual harassment thing came the Patriots didn't know about the Raiders didn't know about the Steelers didn't really know about it so it it got sprung on them okay fine one you're out then the helmets in the quad but I really think there's two things I think why didn't somebody take this kid's phone away from him like why wouldn't didn't Rosenhaus just say look we're taking away your phone and that leads me to the second thing is I think he needs help I really do AD I think he needs to go see some professional help because you can't be this talented and they tell me he was unbelievably talented I mean, you know and I know how talented this guy is, right? Mm-hmm. And he's unbelievably talented. But for him not to be a, a, a normal – I don't want to say normal. That's the wrong word. But for him to be so out of it, like you, he's got to see some professional help. There's something wrong.
1: Yeah, the word that comes to me is self-destructive. And here's what Nate Burleson had to say, who was on CBS. He said, I'm looking at Antonio Brown's situation, and there's nothing wrong with asking for help. As a player, I've been to therapy, removed from the game. I've been to therapy. If you need it, I feel like he should seek it out. Um, I don't know what's true. I'm not going to call these women liars. I will not say Antonio Brown is guilty. But as far as his actions, when it comes to how he's just burning bridges everywhere he goes, it's the last thing from genius. It is very self-destructive behavior, which is unfortunate. The world is going to provide obstacles in front of us. You don't need to provide them yourself. I think he's no bang doubt. on it. There's something's going on with A.B., right?
2: Yeah, no doubt. And then I watched NBC tonight at halftime of the or, or before the game, before the Browns game. And, uh, you know, they said two teams— they. Somebody said two teams are interested in, in – and nobody's interested in A.B. I mean, that's just a Drew Rosenhaus production. You know, Drew Rosenhaus got the guy on NBC to put it out because they're friends. And so that yeah, nobody's interested. And after this behavior, this is over with for the guy. He's going to get sus- – you, you, you have to believe he's going to get suspended by the league office. I mean, you, you, you had to believe that. I think everybody in New England felt that the league was going to do something to him. They were trying to get – how many games could they get? What was going on? But the reality of it is, is I, I do. I think he's self-destructed and I think he needs help. I, I, this behavior, going back to the hot air balloon, is the only we've only had 10 days of normal behavior out of the kid. Yeah. The 10 days he was in New England before the 11th day when the videos came out.
1: What do you think specifically happened with New England? Was it that they were not aware of these other charges uh, that these women had posed against him?
2: Yeah, there's no doubt. I think they had nothing. They, they didn't know about it. And look, the first rule of scouting is you got to learn more about the player before you get him than after. So, you know, you violate that rule. The reality of it is, is I don't think they knew about him. And so that was a problem. And then it got sprung on them. And, and Kraft has a strong policy within the organization that there's any domestic violence that no players getting touched. None. None. No player. I mean, we had Troy Hill when I was there on the practice squad. Uh, we stole. We took him. The Rams cut him. We claimed him, and he had had a he had had a charge prior to that that we weren't aware of that he plead bargained out at the University of Oregon, and you know, and and when that got out, we had to release him. So that that, that and that's and that's fine. I mean, I'm not. That's fine. That's the policy of the company, and that's what he wants, and that and I agree with it. You just go by it. But that's why I think this caught him off guard.
1: So. Also part of it is Dana Jacobson of CBS asked Bill Belichick about what happened with Antonio Brown. At the end of his answer, he gave her a stare down. And this is causing quite a bit of blowback yeah. here against bill belichick mike a guy you know as well as anybody people are saying he was demeaning to dana the way he stared her down it's a professional job she's asking a question what happened with be and it, his look was rude and, and unprofessional i i was a little surprised i was taken aback by it i wouldn't say i was incensed by it but i was a little surprised all right belichick shouldn't not need to
2: stare her down but what do you think happened there I, you know for me i i i this is su- supposition. I don't really have the facts, but I believe that he, you know, he doesn't have to do a pregame interview. He grants that, right? So I'm sure if he probably said to CBS he did a favor for him, I'll, I'll do it as long as we don't talk about Antonio Brown. That this is just Michael Lombardi guessing, and I'm not sure. shilling for Bill Belichick because he's right. my friend, but mm-hmm. I've seen that look before, and that look was I thought we covered this, you know, I thought we covered this. <laughs> Right, that look was, you know, and I don't care what anybody says online. I've seen that look before. That look was, I thought we went over this, and we didn't, and and then I think that question came up, and you know, I I don't know why he agreed to do it because you, you almost think Dana Jacobs, she can't not if she has him, she has to ask the question, right? Yeah,
1: that's thing. I you see know? It from Dana's perspective. You're right. How do? Are you kidding? I'm not going to ask him about the defense or how's your secondary looking. Of course, I'm going to have to ask it. You. So you're right you're from Bill's perspective. Falk, Right. Yeah,
2: you're playing Luke Falk. They were 0 for 12 on third down, whatever the hell they were. I mean, this is, you know, you know, what I mean, so you got to ask it, right? But I, I don't know. I think there had to be a reason because I've seen that stare before and I think he was crossed up. And I think that stare was, wait a minute, you said one thing and this happened. Now, I, again, this is just my opinion based on what I saw. All
1: right, so fair enough. You can tweet us M Lombardi NFL if you think he's a Belichick apologist, and Mike will be only too happy to go through every single tweet that he gets of people berating him.
2: Um, Look, like I tell everybody on Twitter, I got I got motherfucked by Al Davis. That's the king of motherfucking. Okay, you can't get it worse than that. Like I can honestly tell you, like you could spend hours somewhere else. I promise you, there, you you can't get it worse than that. So that'll be the end of it. So you can you know even I loved in Gridiron Genius. You mentioned the fact that Belichick when he was breaking down tape
1: you know, look at this idiot over here blowing this cover look at this moron here and it didn't matter who it was it could be tom
2: brady like he doesn't care he'll yeah. just call you up for the media it doesn't matter i don't care who it is yeah i mean like look he's not trying to play favorites here Until. I mean, no. you know I think he got crossed up but that's it you know but we got football this weekend you know what let's make a pledge no more AB talk on on GM shuffle perfect let's do one quick
1: thought one more off the field thing that I promise we'll get to actual football because you were really strong last week on GM shuffle one other thought here Melvin Gordon like I said you were really strong on this on Thursday you said this is the stupidest holdout in the history of holdouts he's still giving up weekly checks in excess of $329,000
2: but he's still under contract to the Chargers for 2019 it's the dumbest holdout I've ever seen in my life And, and the Chargers I mean they lost today more and they lost because of their offensive line I mean the, the reality of it is their offensive line is terrible Trent Scott at left out they miss Russell Okung more than they miss Melvin Gordon that's who they miss that's who they miss and I mean you just got to understand look they're going on without you brother you might as well come in and collect the check you might as well come in and collect the check maybe you're not going to play maybe you're not but I think this affects you this this selfishness affects you with the view of other people the other thing is nobody wants to pay it nobody wants to pay a girlies deal nobody wants to pay it so what are you doing yeah, exactly.
1: I received a few
2: tweets because I said there's no way Daniel Jones
1: is going to be star for the Giants. And oh, look what we have here. Seven yard touchdown run with 116 left in the game. A furious comeback as the Giants marched 75 yards in eight plays. They were down 28 to 10. Jones' numbers, 23 of 36 for 336, two touchdowns, also ran for a pair of scores to win his first NFL start. Yeah, he played very well, but one game does not make an NFL career, so I still stand by my statement that I think the Giants made a mistake drafting him that high. But listen, he played well, Mike, against a Bucks defense, isn't particularly strong, and Saquon Barkley, by the way, helped off the field and to the locker room with a right ankle injury. And so if the injury is a high ankle sprain, which is as expected, Saquon's going to be out possible six to eight weeks, which is going to make things dramatically different for Daniel Jones. But I'm not going to be a hater, and the defense screwed him. They almost lost the game at the end. Thank God for special teams, but he did better than I thought he would have played.
2: You know, I think two things here. I think this really shows the fan the the importance of eye level. And, And we don't talk about it on TV because nobody discusses a quarterback's eye level. What we saw with Daniel Jones today was his eye level that no matter what it is, his eye level was down the field. He was looking down the field to make plays. And, you know, the protection wasn't great. You know, I mean, Nate Solder, they paid him $17 billion. He couldn't block Barrett. Shaq Barrett leads the league in sacks. Denver cut him, you know, and and, and all of a sudden he's over there leading the league in sacks. Uh, They couldn't block him today. But the eye level of Daniel Jones was impressive. And I thought, to me, I was worried about him playing with the speed of the game. But he speeded his game up, and he played really well. And I thought that he made clutch throws, and he was accurate with the football, and he moved around. Now I agree; we got to give him more time. We got to give him more time. But this giant football team is terrible. They're not very good on defense. I mean, Janoris Jenkins, whatever they're paying him, he's stealing. I mean, it's it's a joke. I mean, he's it's a joke. They're you know they they got no defensive talent. They're the slowest team. And look, they got a break today. They got the huge, the biggest break. Bruce Arians decides to take a delay of the game penalty. I mean, why not try to score? Why not, why put it in the kicker's hands?
1: As you put it in our note, he iced his own kicker, which is like the worst. That is, that is self-destruction at its possible worst.
2: Yeah. And then we've seen, like, look, one thing, here's the thing that, that, that cracks me up. Nobody said this to Bruce afterwards. Bruce, why would you move the kick back? We're seeing more extra points missed now than ever because we moved it back. We never saw them missed when, when the closer we got. Like, this isn't like, you know, in college football where the ball's on the hash. And it's really close and, and, uh, you know, and they have that really weird angle. And if you're too close to it, you can't handle it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I could get that one move back a little bit to give you a little bit more of a a perspective. It's like trying to hit a cue ball, when it's too tight. You know, I mean, but to move it back, I like, you want to get this thing closer because I'm watching these games. Guskowski missed another one today. That kid missed one. I mean, guys are missing extra points left. It's like going, it's like going crazy missing extra points. Yeah, so it's, it, pa- it's painful, and it's only because it's backwards. It's not because it's, it's, it's it doesn't have enough distance.
1: Yeah, and Jalen Jones played well, but honestly, with no Saquon Barkley, he's gone six to eight. That this team has no chance
2: of doing anything notable. Well, I think I th- yeah they're not very good, and I think what's going to happen is is he's going to get defended. I mean, he ran the West Coast offense today, and they did a nice job. And, and look, th- this Bucks team is not very to me. They're not very well conditioned, and their their details. I mean, I thought Todd Bowles would do a better job defensively than they did. But, you know, he got a bunch of sacks. But when you're up 33, my man Winston, he couldn't wait to throw a pick. Right. And they're so scared of Winston. They're so scared of him that he's going to turn the ball over that they can't really operate. I mean, they, they could I meet mean, Mike Evans was dominating the game. I and mean, then they're scared of him to lose the game. They're scared that he's going to lose the game. Ugly from Tampa's perspective. Elsewhere. Props to Jacoby Brissett. Fast start. The
1: Colts hold off the Falcons, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Brissett completes his first sixteen passes through for two touchdowns in the first half. Led the Colts to scores on their first four drives, even a late third down, the eleven-yard incomplete completion, rather to Jack Doyle. over the Falcons. So the Falcons get that big win against the Eagles. You think maybe, Mike, this will spur them on at home. They're able to withstand a late charge from Philadelphia. Aguilar, the big drop. Instead, they fall apart against the Colts. Let's focus first on Indianapolis. Your guy, Frank Reich, he's doing good things here with a new quarterback in Brissett. No luck, no problem.
2: No problem. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, I mean, he's playing really well. I think today, I think you could sum up today in the NFL is we, we're we seeing an emerging of some good young quarterbacks. Dan, give Daniel Jones his props. You know, Kyle Allen had a great day. And Jacoby Brissett's playing at a high, high level. And, and he's doing it on third down. He's doing it against teams that move. He's staying in the pocket. I mean, this team's making plays when they need to make the plays in the passing game. I think they've done a great job. For Matt Ryan, you know, Matt Ryan could easily be 0-3. I mean, they really have, they really are in deep trouble. He's now 10 and 14 when he has to play on the road. They had 16 penalties today, AAD. They lost the game. They had over 120 yards, 128 yards in penalties. That's that hidden yards you can't replace. I mean, that's the, that's the stuff that you can't really, you, you can't replace. And, and, and it's problematic. And, and it, it cost you games. And so you're in games because you can't protect your passer. He's taken too many hits. And then you got to sit there and say, look, we fired Dirk Cotter once before. Now we bring him back. How good are we offensively? Have we gotten back? I mean, would you ever think we would say Steve Sarkeesian should be back?
1: <laughs> never, never. Sarkeesian, I mean, you, you were know, like, the
2: guy was a mess with USC. You're right, mess as a coordinator. I yeah. mean, you know, but but this Atlanta offense, I mean, the numbers on, on Matt Ryan are just horrible. He's way down in all his career statistics. He's not playing near the level. And when he doesn't play well, they're not good enough as an overall team to overcome 16 penalties for 128 yards. You know, they dominate the time of possession, but they can't win the game because they can't. They're giving up too many yards. They're giving up too many free plays. Yeah, disappointment there. for the
1: Atlanta Falcons right now are one
2: and two, how about this
1: division now? The NFC South, you got New Orleans at two and one, and then you got Tampa, Atlanta, and Carolina all at one and two. I got no faith in Tampa and Carolina. And so the Saints without Drew Brees, you think
2: the door will be open a little bit for the Falcons? No, I think I think the Saints did exactly. Look, the Saints won a game today with 200 yards they gave up 500 yards of offense, but they won the game because they didn't make mistakes. It's a little bit like the Washington State UCLA game, right? You know, they it's who makes big plays in the game that wins games. It doesn't matter how many yards you get; it's who makes big plays. And I think it proved out that they, you know, they made big plays. USC when they beat Utah, they made six big plays. They lost every other key statistic. Except they were great in the red zone and they, and they, and they made six big plays. So therefore they won the game. And I think that's really ultimately, you know, what, what happened here. I mean, New Orleans did a good job. I, I thought Sean Pate would go up there and do a good job coaching his team, getting his team ready to go. I picked it on GM shuffle. You know, now that the Browns lost again tonight, I finished three and two. And I, can I just register a complaint? Please. I'm three and two on the picks this week. And I should have been four and one. The goddamn Ravens are losing 30 to 13 going in the fourth quarter, and they they get the backdoor cover on me. (laughs) They get the backdoor. It's the worst. That's why I don't gamble.
1: (laughs) Exactly. You're never going to feel like you're coming on top because you're right. Those late touchdowns end up killing you. All right. Plenty more to discuss here as we continue on the GM shuffle, including what the hell is going on in Philadelphia? After week one, Mike and I both had the Eagles as one of the top three teams in football, but now they're down to one and two.
0: All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So. Driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So, what you gotta do, go check out the PXG Black Op driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code GM Shuffle for free shipping on all equipment. PXG.com slash GM code GM Shuffle. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-N-Y or text hope ny 467 In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance DKNG.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources
1: all right let's talk about the detroit lions who expected this happening jamal agnew quickly making up for two fumbles the defense stepping up for detroit matthew stafford touchdown pass to marvin jones agnew returning a kickoff 100 yards for a score and the lions hold on 27 24 over the eagles By the way, Stafford now is two and one against Jim Schwartz, Eagles defensive coordinator, who was a first-year head coach when Detroit drafted the quarterback, number one overall, back in '09. Wentz goes 19 for 36, barely above 50% completion, 259 and two touchdowns. But shockingly, Matt Patricia, the Lions, upset the Eagles in Philadelphia. How did this happen, Mike?
2: Well, I mean, the Lions don't beat themselves typically. They, they don't beat, they, ha- they haven't beaten themselves. They made plays in, th- in all areas of their the defense. They made plays with their offense and they made plays with the special teams. I mean, when you look at the stats, you say to yourself, they got 287 yards of offense A- and the Eagles just couldn't get any consistency in terms of the production from the receivers. The Eagles at receiver were just beat up. They had plays. I mean, the last play of the game, it goes through Whiteside's hand. It hits him right in the hands. But they can't make enough plays. Aguilar turns the ball over. You know, they get an interception return. They get a, they, they get a, they, not an interception return. They get a a kickoff return and then they return a fumble. I mean, it's just really, really, they, the Eagles lost more than the Lions won. And I think you got to give the credit to the Lions. They did a tremendous job. The Eagles are really in a problem. Their offense is not very good. It's not consistent. They haven't been good on first and second down where they can make explosive plays. The quarterback hasn't been consistent because of the receivers. They can't really get a running game going. They've struggled to run the football a little bit. They don't have enough balance. I mean, what they had, 127 yards rushing today, three, 30 carries. You think, okay, that's going to get it. They hold the opponent to 3.1 yards a carry, and they still don't win. You know, they just – but but Wentz is 19 for 36 in the game, which typically in this style of offense, that percentage is way too low. But the reason is he had so many drops. Guys are dropping the ball left and right, you know, and, and they – and they couldn't come up with the play that they needed to make. I mean, they got so fortunate when they got the ball back. The Eagles went for it on fourth down in their own territory. They had three timeouts, and, and their initial reaction is, wow, that's stupid, but it was really smart because they got it, and they knew Detroit would get it and just try to run three plays and only settle for the field goal, which is what they did. And then they get the field goal block and get a horrible call on the block and in the back on Malvin Jen- on Malcolm Jenkins. And then they got a chance to win the damn game, and they can't close it out. I think Detroit's, you gotta give them credit. Detroit played hard. They're, they're 2-0 and 1. They're better. They've won two games that I don't think they had any business winning. It's the Chargers and, and the, and the Eagles back to back, but they won them.
1: Yeah, Miles Sanders and Aguilar both losing fumbles, a few drops. Mac Hollins, two pass interference penalties, the wide up for Philly. As Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, both out. Jackson out because the abdomen injury. Jeffrey, a calf strain, so definitely considering there for Philadelphia. With regards to the lines, Mike, they play with Chiefs in week four at home. Do they have any chance of beating them?
2: Well, you know, they'll slow the game down. I mean, the Chiefs aren't great on defense, and I think they'll move the ball. Stafford will move the ball on them. I think that, you know, the Chiefs will – but to Chiefs today, though, what they did with Patrick Mahomes did, just throwing the thing down the field. I thought I handicapped that game really well. That's what disappoints me more than getting the backdoor cover because I don't think the Ravens are very good in the secondary. I don't think the Ravens, unless Don Martindale can create pressure with his front – and with his blitzes, the Ravens aren't the same defense that they were last year. By far, they're not. It's not close. And Patrick Mahomes let everybody know it the way he was chucking it down the field. Guys were wide open. But, you know, I think that when the Kansas City goes in there, Kansas City's defense isn't great either, but Mahomes is so hard. And the speed of the Kansas City Chief offense, especially when it gets on the carpet. Wow. Watch out. And so the Eagles now have a big game against the Packers coming up on
1: Thursday. That's at Lambeau. And the Packers right now are unbeaten as they knock off the Broncos. Offensive line keeping Rodgers upright. Two-time MVP throws for 235 and a touchdown. Aaron Jones tying a career high by running for two scores. And for the third straight game, Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and the Denver defense failed to record a sack or force a turnover. Lots of different areas we're going to go in here, including Elway not being able to draft a quarterback. But first off, <laughs> Packers 3-0 and under Matt LaFleur's system, and yet Rodgers' number is not that impressive, 17 of 29, 235, and rushing the ball, 23 carries for a total of 77 yards. Yet to really get going.
2: I think they're horrible on offense, AD. I think they're just horrible. I think they're really bad. I think I think the guy hates the offense because I don't know what the offense is. It's either make a big play or they have nothing else. They're 2-for-9 on third down. I mean, they're two for nine on third down and his body language to me is, is indicative of somebody who hates what they're doing. He went over at the end of the game and he rubbed Petten's head like, thank you for helping us win this game. Because without the defense and of course, without the great play of Joe Flacco, why would I ever think Joe Flacco was going to cover for me? I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> you know, I should be shot, you know. And so anyway, the, the, the reality here is, is that you, that the offense has no rhythm to it whatsoever. You know, sometimes they're running the old eye contact plays. They ran it down the goal line. They got no yards. You know, my greatest joy of all today is I watched the Packer game with Vince Lombardi. Not the coach, my cousin. It was fabulous. It was fabulous. (laughs) It was the best. its I love to watch games with him because he's bitching about everything the whole time. He's bitching the whole time, and I love it. It's great. But he's right. I mean, they have no offensive system. And I think Rodgers is really bothered by it. I know they're 3 and 0, but I think this has got potential to blow up. I really do. I think this has got potential to get worse and worse and it's not going to get better because I don't think LaFleur has any answers. And winning mask problems in the NFL, they don't solve problems. And I think this is what you're going to see coming out of Green Bay lately. He doesn't like to they're not running really the West Coast. They're not running McVay's offense. They're not turning their back. They're not doing the things that that LaFleur was hired to do because Rodgers doesn't want to do them.
1: And when you look at Denver, by the way, Green Bay, again, they're going to be facing Philadelphia at home against the Eagles on Thursday at Lambeau. When you look at Denver, I mean, it's incredible. When you think about all the names with Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Elway figures that Joe Flacco is the guy. Flacco goes 20 for 29 today, 213 yards, no touchdowns, one pick,
2: and he's sacked six times. And they play Garrett Bowles again. He was in the game again. Like, I would have put a Coke machine over there. Like, at some point, like, if I were the GM of the of, – do you imagine how much shit – I would take if I were the GM of the, of the Broncos. Seriously, do you know? Right. Imagine how much shit I would take. I mean, Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl. I don't give a crap what anybody says. The Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl, right? Right. Okay, he won it, you know. And they drafted Von Miller. Give him credit. But John, John's sitting around there like he's like he's the Branch rookie of the NFL. Like this is a this is a bad team. Like, I, and I thought they would win more than nine because I thought that I really thought the defense would play way better than they're playing. I thought Von Miller would play at a higher level. I thought that. That Bradley Chubb would play at a higher level, and I thought they would be able to play it. And today, you know, they don't play bad defense. I mean, they, you know, they they played less defense. I mean, can you imagine the that the Broncos were on the field today for thirty four minutes, thirty five minutes. The Broncos had the ball, and the, and and really, when what the other thing we've learned this weekend is when you see good quarterbacking play, like we saw from Daniel Jones, we saw from Kyle Allen, we saw from Jacoby Brissett, we see from Brady every week, we see from River. It helps the whole team. I mean... We're not getting, the Broncos getting no help from Flacco. He can't wait to take, he's the next guy that can't wait to take a check down. We talk eye level, his eye level's way down. I thought if he went to Denver, they would force him to throw play action up the field. They can't get him to do it. His eye level's down, just like Eli's eye level's down. And when your eye level's down as a quarterback, you're it's over with. You can't play. It's over with. I don't care. And Elway should know that. Elway should see it in the tape. He's throwing check downs like it's his business. You know, he can't make a play. He made one throw up the field. But they can't put the, they don't want to put the ball in his hands in the red zone. They're scared to death. And I don't even think he gives a shit, to be honest with you. Yeah,
1: you've talked a lot, especially in Gridiron Genius about, you know, the culture and the coach. And in this case, it's that, but it's also John Elway. This guy has a free pass because he's John Elway. Anybody else, to your point, would be heavily criticized for missing on the most important position on the field. Again
2: and again. I mean, he, he can't get it right. He can never get it right. And he doesn't even have a good team. I mean, look at some of his first round picks. I mean, Garrett Bowles is his pick. Garrett Bowles is horrendous. Their offensive line is – it. I mean, for so whatever you want to say about – whatever you want to say about – look at some of the free agents. Whatever you want to say about Flacco, he's getting the crap beat out of them. I mean, this whole thing in Denver is a joke. They're 0-3, and they're a legitimate 0-3. They can't get a production out of their – they can't get production out of their, at anybody on their defensive front who they're paying 18, You know, – they're paying big-time money. They're not getting anything. They can't get a turnover, can't get a fumble. And it's all falling on the offense. And then when you look at their offense, they're not any good. Yeah. Sanders had the line, the the wide receiver. He said, Owen oh, three Broncos living in a world of
1: suck. I mean, that that's the best thing they did all day was a good quote after the game from Sanders.
2: No doubt. And I mean, poor Vic, he's sitting in there. He's trying to figure it out. They got an offensive coordinator who's really never done it before. They got Flacco who can't play. But I mean, I guess this is what LA wants. If this was anybody else in the league. You know, now I say that and my man Jason Light down there, he has a field goal. He drafts a kicker in the second round and gets a contract extension. The kid doesn't even make it and he still can't even solve his kicker problem. That's a whole other conversation. How you can get a, how could I get a five year contract extension after I've already had two coaches fired that I picked? One of them picked me and then the next one I got him fired and now I got this guy and I got a five year extension. That, that could be the next great book.
1: <laughs> the companion piece to Gridiron Genius. There you go. How about the day that Pete Carroll had? I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, he—he's somebody asked him afterwards if his nose is broken. He says it's been broken many times. He unknowingly ran right into the path of ball. Rookie linebacker Cody Barton it. had tossed from a short distance to an assistant coach. So Carroll takes it right on the beak. He should have got like the, the big nose bandage, like Jack Nicholson in Chinatown. At least then he could have got, you know, he was <laughs> doing it for a part or something. Because he said it was a bad day at the office. Not only the football in the face, but also his team. They lose 33-27 to the Saints. Bridge over troubled water. Well, Teddy Bridgewater... Played well. And he did all that he had to do. Sean Payton had him prepared. And the Seahawks team now, they look more like pretenders. And the Saints, you say, hang on a second. Even though Bree's going to be gone for six games, maybe they are
2: contenders. You know, I mean, look, they, they, they found a way to win as a team. And I, and I said that on GM Shuffle last week. They found a way to win as a team. This is a great opportunity for a head coach to come in here and kind of bond his team. And, and you know, everybody talk about, well, he's going to have stuff for Taysom Hill. I thought he would. Taysom Hill had one catch for five yards. Taysom Hill had one run for five yards. Taysom Hill didn't do anything. Bridgewater managed this game correctly. They get the, they get the kickoff, they get the punt return, they get the fumble return. I mean, they did some things, and they put some jo- some drives together, and I thought he was great. Camaro, he belongs in some – he's never going to win the MVP, but he's sensational. I mean, he's unbelievable how he just avoids – like when you watch the games and you see Deshaun Watson break tackles and you see Camaro break tackles, you just sit there and say, holy shit, these guys are just incredible. They played a different level than most everybody else. But you're right. I mean, Pete Carroll lost that game in the way that Pete Carroll hates to lose games. He didn't protect the football.
1: Yeah. One of four on fourth down. He admitted that was an issue, but also an issue was the fact when Russell Wilson has these kind of numbers, he's 32 of 50. So 64%. He had 406 yards passing, two passing touchdowns, two rushing scores, no interceptions, and you lose the game. Like that to me is like, that is a huge squandered opportunity when your franchise quarterback does that well and you
2: still can't win. Yeah, and 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 look, the Saints had eleven penalties for they had eleven penalties for seventy yards in the game. Now a lot of those a lot of those yards, I mean, it got out of hand. And so the fourth quarter, he, he amassed some of those yards. But for the most part, I mean, they couldn't get it going. I mean, the big run, K, uh the Carson Carson makes, he gets fumbled. Next thing you know, Von Bell picks it up, runs it in for a touchdown. I mean, it was one of those days where this is the first loss in the month of September in Pete Carroll's administration playing at home. First loss. All good things come to an end. One more thought here before we take another time out, and that is regarding the Buffalo
1: Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Bills, <laughs> who are off to a 3-0 start right now. I mean, they beat the Bengals, who I think are horrid, 21-17. to So Cincinnati's 0-3. The Bills are 3-0. Can you give some hope here? Frank Gore, an inconvenient truth. 14 carries, 76 yards, as the Bills behind Josh Allen and
2: company win this one by four. Are they actually any good, Mike, or is this just a schedule? I think they are. I think they're hard to play. I think this Josh Allen kid, I think there's, Josh Allen is like, there's moments when he's good and there's moments when he's just, Oh my God, I'm not going to look at. It. I mean, it goes up and down. Now there's more of the better moments than there have been the best moments. Right. And they've done a good job of running the football. Their offensive line is much better and the defense is t- getting turnovers. They're creating, they got two interceptions today on, on my man, uh, 2020, Andy Dalton. They get interceptions. <laughs> they play physical. They're smart. I think they're well coached by McDermott. I think he's done a good job. Do I think he can beat Tom Brady? Well, you know Edelman got hurt today, so how bad is he? See, they say it's not that bad. He should be back. You know they didn't have the, the, the Patriots won with Mark with Marcus Cannon did play right tackle. They didn't have. They didn't have uh, Isaiah win at left tackle. They had to play Newhouse. So the the Patriots are a little wounded, but look, let's face it, the Patriots haven't given up a goddamn touchdown all year on defense. And they've gone three games without giving up a touchdown on defense. They had the fumble return and the interception return. They they benched him as soon as he did it. It was I could hear it and it, get him the fuck out of there. You know, like put Brady back in, you know. And so but I, I do think the Bills are real and this will be a huge game up in Buffalo next week. I mean, that's, a, that, that, that crowd will be, the Bills mafia will be out. They'll circle the wagons. They should probably have Chris Berman do halftime and flip, <laughs> yeah, exactly. flip, do the coin flip. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Boomer's now back doing primetime on ESPN+. You know, yeah, he's, he can't,
2: he can't make it. But no, I think they're really good. I mean, look, they're going to beat, they're going to beat the Jets twice, right? They've already beat the Jets once. They'll beat the Jets again the way the Jets look today. Jets were pathetic. I mean, Luke Falk's not an NFL quarterback. All due respect to Mike Leach. Luke Falk's not an NFL quarterback. I mean, and the offensive line for the Jets is showing up tonight. We saw it too. We saw it tonight. How often have we talked about the Cleveland Browns inability to block anybody up front? Yeah. Baker Mayfield's supposed to be the greatest thing. He's got 55. Can he have any more commercials? Seriously. Could he squeeze another commercial in?
1: Right. He wants to be like Peyton Manning. He wants to say yes to every single commercial. That's, that's what he's hoping for, but he doesn't want to play. I mean,
2: it's remarkable. Like, I, I don't understand it. Tonight he's out there and I mean, look, I get, give the kid credit, but you know, he throws 36 passes for 195 yards. He can't get it down the field because he can't hold the ball. The offensive line's, t- what's good's having Beckham? Beckham had six catches for 56 yards, 9.3. I mean that—that's like we're wasting. If you can't get the ball down the field, there's no sense. We learned this today. This is the lesson from GM Shuffle today: that quarterbacks with eye level down the field can get it down the field, no matter who is in. And if you can't protect, you can't get it down the field. Yeah, and that's the—and you're—and you're not going to make big plays in the NFL throwing checkdowns. You're going to a couple guys will miss tackles, but I mean, Golf throws a horrible interception at the end of the game. I mean, Golf gives them a chance to get back. Golf on the road is a disaster. If you're a Ram fan and you watch Jared Goff on the road, he's a disaster. The pressure, the whatever it is, he doesn't play anywhere near like he does at home. Now, they walk out of there undefeated. They walk out of there with the win. But I'm telling you, you know, it wasn't a pretty game, and Goff gave them every opportunity to get back in the game. They covered. They beat the spread. They did all those things. But it really wasn't pretty because the Browns can't block anybody up front. They can't block anybody. That was pretty your point with the Rams. When we talked about the golf contract
1: in the summer, you said, Okay, that's nice, but do I see him winning a game in Foxboro? No, like do I yeah. see him winning one of those January games, right? Cold weather game, like that that's where you really can test the medal of a guy like that.
2: Yeah, am I gonna pay 130 million, then we go to Green Bay and he can't throw the ball? Or we gotta go into Chicago, or we gotta go now, Minnesota will be a dome, but it's still gonna be a crowd noise. I mean, that's a problem. I mean, today Gruden's defending Derek Carr, but I mean, you know, you got your ass killed today. You got killed today. Yeah. Raiders are bad. Speaking of getting killed, who are the top three and the bottom
1: three teams after week three of the NFL? Mike and I will make our picks right after this. All right. Lombardi dishing out the weekly awards.
2: Each award stood up. So here we go. First off, who's going on the lamb, Mike? Oh, the Jets. I mean, Jesus Christ. They got to go on the lamb. It's so bad. I mean, that, that was really, that was so bad. That was painful to watch. And, and you know, and my son's coaching for New England. So I want to watch New England, but the Jets were horrendous. And I mean, look, they, they, they really couldn't do anything defensively either. They were going to try to take their point. I mean, Brady has 155 quarterback rating when you blitz him. Why would you blitz them? Right? Like, why would you blitz? It gets better when you blitz them. I mean, the Jets just don't look very good. Bad offensive lines, bad offensive lines don't travel well. You know, Now I know they covered the spread, but I think Bill took the brakes off. I think Bill wanted to get out of there. Had a lot of guys starting to get hurt. Josh Norman got, Josh Gordon got hurt. You know, Edelman got hurt in the game. I think they just wanted to get out of there. But the Jets are bad. They need to go on the lam.
1: I'm about to say, for our friends in the desert, what happened there to the Patriots? They win by 16
2: over the Jets, but the line was over 20, was it not? Yeah, no, but it was moving back. It was when I did Vison today, you know, the lines to open up at 22 and it was the sharp people's the sharp money started betting the Jets because the point and they knew New England was wounded. That was right. it. I put it up there, you know, and it's it's hilarious how people are just on Twitter, they can't wait to just rip your ass, you know, like they like, they <laughs> sca- like they're all walking around with a with a ruler like they're the nun of the of the school, you know, and they just wanna <laughs> they wanna smack your head, You know, I put up there, you know, they got no everybody's relaxed, Mike. They're gonna beat the Jets. Yeah, no, I know they're gonna beat the Jets. But I'm trying to give you a tip to play the fucking Jets and take the points. That's what I'm trying to do, okay? When I'm looking at my sheet, I can see where sharp money's going. Like today, like I know that sharp money was on Detroit. Detroit had sharp money on it. That that that, and sharp money means in the in the gambling world, that means the guys that do this for a living. Like the guy who won the the guy who won the Jeopardy thing. They're putting their money in certain places because they're running the analytics, and this is what they think. Detroit was a sharp money play. Baltimore was a sharp money play. They got lucky on that, but Baltimore was a sharp money play. I was, I was contrarian on that. But also the Jets today became a sharp money play because New England was so wounded. Right. How about the Fred Palermo award? The best game plan going into the week. I love Detroit. I think you got to take your hat off to Matt Patricia. Been hard on them in the podcast. I think they did a great job. They go into Philadelphia, tough place. Did you see the picture of the guy, uh, it's on Twitter. It's incredible. We should tweet it out. I'll, I'll tweet it out tomorrow on G, for the GM shuffle. There's a guy, apparently, he's the head of Phil, Pennsylvania, University of Pennsylvania Admissions, and he's screaming. I mean, Philly fans just get so pissed off. Wait do you see the polls that WIP will come out with this week, AD. It's hilarious. <laughs> so who should get fired? Who should pay? For, I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they will
1: be roasting Doug Peterson, I'm sure.
2: It's a good thing it's a short week. You know, and injuries. Why are we having these injuries? Nobody wants to figure that out. They have the big sports science medicine over there, but I, I think the the Lions deserve a ton of credit for what they did.
1: How about the KGB
2: award? The team that got duped this week. Oh, they got duped during the weekend. They got duped. I mean, you got a you got a twenty eight to ten lead against a rookie quarterback on the road, and you lose that game. Seriously, you lose that game. Just let me lay that out to you. Let me say that to you again. You got a twenty eight to ten halftime lead at home. In heat and humidity against a winless team and a rookie quarterback and you lose. Tampa Bay, baby. Tampa Bay. That's the recipe. You know, and I mean the Tampa Bay to me looks disorganized. I mean, they're hit or miss to make a big play, don't make any plays. And they could run the they were running the ball today. I mean, they were moving the ball as well as anybody. How about the why did we win? Why did we lose? Well, I think that's really an important thing. We put this category in. You gotta understand why you won. Detroit won the game because they played their style, they managed the game correctly. They went in there. They didn't try to throw the ball all over the lot. They understood that the Eagles' weakness in their secondary, if they could protect Matthew Stafford, they were going to win. They went in there with a plan. They didn't let the team beat them with their other team. They didn't let the Eagles beat them with their strength. Now the Eagles' strength, their defensive front's really coming down. But they won because they played perfect football in the style that they had. And it's the same thing with the New Orleans Saints. They won the same exact way. They went up there. They got dominated in the stats. They got dominated everything but the scoreboard because they played their style. And playing your style and not beating yourself is why they won. And I think those are two lessons you got to learn. Why did they lose? I mean, the Falcons have nobody to look to why they lost but themselves. Penalties. You get 16 penalties and you're playing on the road. You lose by three points. 128 yards of penalties. That's why you lost. You know, you can blame all the other crap. You lost because of that. You get too many too many mistakes, too many penalties, and Denver lost because Denver's sitting there with a quarterback that won't throw the ball down the field. He refuses to throw the ball down the field, and the defense can't make any plays.
1: If you don't know, now you know. The main takeaway from this week of football, I feel like, Mike, you may focus on offensive lines, maybe just depth of football teams. What do you got?
2: Uh, I think it's about these young quarterbacks. I think Kyle Allen did an incredible job, right? Kyle Allen's You know, it goes out to Arizona. He's 19 for 12. I mean, we've got, you know, everybody's crying about the old quarterback. We're losing quarterbacks. Look, Kyle Allen's a kid that transferred from Texas A&M, ended up at Houston. He's 19 for 26 for 261 today. Daniel Jones is 23 for 36 for 336. Jacoby Brissett had a hell of a day. I mean, Deshaun Watson had had some of the most spectacular throws I've seen. Patrick Mahomes. we got a lot of good young quarterbacks. I'm excited for Kyle Allen. I think here's the issue. What's going to happen in Carolina? What's going to happen in Carolina? Are you going to put you going to put Cam Newton? Now, all the books have told me, just from doing the show, that this line this week was they don't think Cam Newton's going to play. And if I'm the if I again if I'm the Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton's not playing. And if Kyle Allen can put a couple games together, now that all of a sudden Kyle Allen becomes the Matt, he becomes the Matt Castle. You know Mason Rudolph played average today. He didn't play to a high level. San Francisco tried to give the game away. They couldn't give it away. They, Pittsburgh wouldn't take it, but they covered. But I think that's the, the these young quarterbacks. Ad, I think they're really good in the league, and I think they're coming along. I mean, we Baker will do four more commercials tomorrow. Even though you know he had a he had a sixty four quarterback rating this time, and his team's one and two, but mm-hmm. that's okay.
1: Well, and that's part of it, too. People will say, well, how come NFL ratings went down? Okay, all, we all know all the reasons. Anthem protests. Why did the ratings go up last year? 5%. Part of that is because the young quarterbacks. People love seeing Patrick Mahomes, Jared Goff. And I think the ratings are going to go up again this year because you're right. A big market like New York City, they're saying, okay, Eli Manning's done. Yeah, great. Let's just see what we got now with Daniel Jones. Kyle Allen's a surprise for Carolina. Like I I, I think quarterbacks are so critical towards the viability of the league. And I'm with you. I think the more young, not only said the more younger the better, but whenever there's a fresh wave, that's what you want. You you want to have some big names still there, Brady, Breeze, etc. but then all these great young quarterbacks coming up and saying, which one would you want? Which one would you want? And by the way, there's more coming with Tua Iowa next year.
2: Exactly, and Herbert and, and and Love from Utah State. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. If you give a kid a chance to play, maybe you could find something. I mean, Allen threw the ball really well, and it showed, you know what showed with Carolina? It showed they had weapons. It showed they had some great skill players. That's what's so frustrating about Mitchell Trubisky is he never lets his good players show you how good they are. Today, DJ Moore looked really good. You know, the receivers of Carolina looked really a good and alive. I mean, they got some juice going there today. Now, I know Arizona's not a great defensive team because they don't have Patrick Peterson, but that was a good game for them. And I thought it was – a to me, it shows you that sometimes – You just got to have – you got to play the younger guy. It gives you a better chance to win. That's what makes John Elway. It's got to be so frustrating to be a Bronco fan because here you are. You've entrusted your franchise to this Hall of Fame quarterback, and you're watching these quarterbacks on all these other teams. Jacoby Brissett didn't draft. You know, he's playing well. You can't seem to get one. You're taking a retread. Joe Flacco, who can't play. Who is courageous? Who is desperate? Oh, I think Denver was definitely – Denver's desperate now. I mean, you're 0-3. I mean, seriously, you're 0-3 and you got no production from your defense and you got no production from your offense. You're desperate. And I mean, I feel bad for Vic because I thought they're going to be much better, but I didn't think Von Miller and those guys weren't going to get anything. I got to give it to the Lions this week. Going into Philadelphia, tough place to play. Philly's home opener. I mean, not home opener. Philly comes back. They got coming off a loss. Philly loses two in a row. Now on a short week going there, I think the I think the Lions were definitely courageous.
1: Definitely a nice win for Matt Patricia and company. And Philadelphia has that short week. They'll try to bounce back against the Packers. By the way, Eagles, first one and two starts since 2015. So a bit of a surprise there for Wentz and company. All right, top three, bottom three. I'll give you my top three first. Cowboys at 3-0. They look really good. The Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, 370 yards passing, three touchdowns. I know their defense is nothing to phone home about. But honestly, Mahomes is so much fun to watch. You got Shady McCoy. Now with Andy Reid, he just makes all these guys go on offense. And number one's the Patriots. Brady's got tons of weapons. Their defense though is really strong. That's where I'm going to go. Pats, Chiefs, Cowboys. My top three.
2: You? I echo those same three. I think you're right there. I, I think it's dead on. I think the Patriots. This is the first time since Bill's been in New England that the defense can carry the offense. They really can. They're really good on defense. Now
1: here's the fun one. The bottom three. Dolphins. Yeah. We can agree. Minus one seventeen point differential. Horrid. The Jets without Sam Darnold, God, they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a prayer. And I will go with the Bengals at number three. They lose the Bills. All three of these teams are 0-3. The Broncos are in the mix, but I'm going to go Miami, New York, and Cincinnati, the worst teams in football. You?
2: We see eye to eye on all these things. My bottom three are the same. Although I think Denver's in there too, but I don't think you could, you could take take Cincinnati out of there. I think Cincinnati deserves to be in there. These teams are going to be, I mean, look, they're all going to be fighting for the first pick in the draft. Let's be honest here. And look, don't think, don't count just because the Giants won today. Don't think that the Giants are come all of a sudden now they're going to escape this because the way that defense looked, not not so good. They're gonna have a hard time. It just gotta make you wonder, AD, how could they watch Eli and start him the first two games of the year? This right. there's no doubt in my mind that Pat Shermer wanted to start the rookie the, the first day of the year. Now they're all gonna take bowels on the rookie. This is see why this is why we drafted him. No, 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 no. You you did that's not why you drafted him. You drafted him to play Eli. If not, you would have started the kid at the beginning of the day because he was like Baker compared to Tyrod Taylor. He was the better player this summer.
1: Yeah. College football Saturday was a lot of fun. I was watching a lot of Notre Dame, Georgia. Georgia wins it 23-17. Jake Fromm threw that touchdown pass to Lawrence Cager early in the fourth quarter. But in terms of the best teams in the college ranks, yeah, Georgia's number three. They win by six. Alabama, they beat the crap out of Southern Miss, 49-7. Clemson's number one, 52-10 over Charlotte. But the team everyone's talking about, because maybe finally, down on the bayou, they finally have a quarterback. And that's your pick right now, the early Heisman,
2: Joe Burrow of LSU you got to love Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow belongs in the conversation because he's changed the whole tenor of that school. I mean, that used to be three yards in a cloud of dust, and now he's thrown 17 touchdown passes. I mean, they would have lost that game to Vanderbilt in the old days because they would have tried to run it and they couldn't keep pace. And now all of a sudden the guy's got a 225 quarterback rating. He's got an 80% completion. I don't know what more the guy's got to do. If he plays at these numbers and he gets LSU into the Final Four, he deserves the Heisman.
1: We'll be happy for Coach O. Ed Orgeron, a great guy. Last thought here, Mike. Monday Night Football, Bears at the Redskins. Who you got?
2: Well, I think it's going to be the Bears. I, I, not, I'm not giving that as a pick, but I think if 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 you're a Bear fan and you've watched Kyle Allen play today, you watched Jacoby Brissett play today, you watched Daniel Jones play today, you watched Deshaun Watson who you decided not to pick, and you watched you know Patrick Mahomes who you decided not to pick, and your guys got to play better. Your, your guys got to play to that level. And I don't want to hear this shit. It's on Matt Nagy. No, no, no. It ain't on no Matt Nagy. Because I'm telling you, if you gave Matt Nagy, Kyle Allen, he would put points on the board. If you gave Matt Nagy to Sean Watson, you'd be the best team in the goddamn league. It's time for Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky on Monday Night Football. Oh, I heard Booger say. Bo- I read the Washington Post. Dan, Dan Steinberg had an article in the Washington Post that he thinks that that Bruce Allen's doing a great job in Washington, and that RFK is a great place to play. Is is Booger in a dream world? Is he living in some dream world or somewhere? Like, what? <laughs> has he looked at Bruce Allen's record? I mean, has he paid attention at all? I mean, I know he's got to sit there and do it, but seriously, I can't wait to hear what they say about Trubisky tomorrow. That's what's going to be fun. How they going to how they going to pump this up? How they going to make chicken salad out of this chicken shit?
1: Joe Tess and Booger going to have to do their best. Bears and skins. By the way, you can always send us comments, emails. We'll read those on Thursday. That's right. Twice a week now, Mondays and Thursdays. The GM Shuffle at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter as well. M Lombardi, NFL, Adnan, S Verk. We're going to be tweeting out audiograms and clips of the show. Special edition of Cinephile tomorrow. Emmy Recap. And I know it makes Mike away happy. Killing Eve. I love big win. Yeah, big win for, uh, Comer, the best actor. Hey, look, actress that
2: girl, Jodie Comer, she's a Springsteen fan. Little nugget there. Springsteen fan. And she's fabulous in Killing Eve. She's fabulous. She's, she can do different voices. She plays different kind of characters. She's got a little bit of. I don't know. Like her personality's a little. She's a little like. Did you ever watch one of my favorite shows? Was uh, Luther. Oh, I never saw it. I heard of it though. Yeah. But Ruth Wilson and Luther was fabulous. She could raise her voice, you know, do different things. This girl was great. I think she deserved it. All right. a Little Scout and a little a Killing Eve, you know, Scout, a little Killing Eve, you know. <laughs> That's my Scout. I, I didn't think it was great this year, but I'm gonna, you know, I watch it. It wasn't bad. I get it. This is fun. I love Sunday nights. Yeah, exactly. It's always a blast. We'll talk to you on Thursday.